Hello and welcome to Grace Life Ministries, a disciple-making family of churches focused on the reality of Christianity. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your revelation of Jesus and increase in fruitfulness in your life. I just want to go through some basics with us just to establish us in these things. And as we establish ourselves in these things, we take these things and we can share them with other people. That's called discipleship. As I've been meditating on a lot of different things, you know what I've realized? Is that um, there's, a, there's a verse which speaks about members of the household of God, which is talking about family members. There's, there's, there's a verse which talks about members of His body, but there's never members of His church. In the sense of the local church, I'm a member of the church, or I'm not a member of the church, or whatever. What the Bible talks about is disciples. Okay, which means to be established in the truth of the word, to become a, a fruitful follower of Christ, which helps other people to be fruitful followers of Christ. And all it's talking about is being established in the truth, and the truth starts to work in your life, and then the fruit of your life is blessing someone else. So we're going to be going through a bunch of things which I'm trusting will bless every single one of us. And even if you know them, I'm presenting it in a way where you can take notes and you can get the teaching and you can go and sit with someone and you can actually go through it with them. That's called discipleship. <laughs> okay? So, you know, are you a member of the church or not? Irrelevant question. Are you a disciple here? What does a disciple look like? It's somebody who's committed to receiving the word and growing. It's not someone who's just committed to coming. Obviously, you have to come to receive. But if, if you're, you're here, you could be here and not receiving. Okay? So, I want to look at just the reality of the word, just to kick off. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, and then also to the Greek there can be no salvation outside of the gospel of Christ. There can be no salvation outside of the gospel of Christ. This is the ability of God to save people. The ability of God to save people is in the gospel. Without the gospel, they cannot be saved. I'm going to mix the message from previous into now. You don't need money to preach the gospel. But to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, it takes money. And so that's where we, we give, and the giving turns into eternal value because we're helping to reach people. And it's helping us to, to expand the kingdom, to take the kingdom further. Okay? 1 Timothy 2 verse 4. God, who will have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. This is God's desire for every single person on the face of the earth. Number one, that they would be saved. Number two, that they would come to a knowledge of the truth. This is talking about discipleship. God's desire is that we come to a knowledge of the truth. It's unfortunate that there's so many Christians who get saved and stuck. They don't come to a knowledge of the truth. I think it's the Amplified which speaks about coming to a full, accurate understanding. Precise knowledge of the truth. We need to come to a knowledge, understanding, and, and grow in our understanding of the truth. Okay, because Jesus said, you will know the truth, John 8, uh, 32. You will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You don't know truth, you stay in bondage. 
You believe a lie, you stay in bondage. But the truth is waiting for you to, be dis to, for you to discover it. And when you discover the truth, you walk in freedom. It's vital for every believer to know what is needed after salvation. Now that you're born again, now what? Why? <laughs> what, what is this salvation? The plan of God in earth is for, uh, for every man is twofold. Number one, for all men to be saved. And number two, for all men to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's talking about discipleship. So the gospel is the message of God's grace, of His goodness. By definition, it's good news. Too good to be true. It's, it sounds too good to be true kind of news. It demonstrates the love of God and His actions through Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. Okay? The message of grace is, uh, 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 is revealed in the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ for our sin, and it's received by faith. Salvation is through faith in the gospel. We believe a message, we didn't do something. We believe the message, we didn't do something. It requires no effort on your part. This is what separates Christianity from any other religion is that salvation is, has no effort on your part required. It's a gift of God. Amen? Yeah, Ephesians chapter 2, we don't have it on the, the screen, but Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For by grace you are saved through faith, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This gift of salvation is a gift. It's, God is a giving God who gives salvation, but you need to receive salvation. By believing. Okay? Salvation is to confess with your mouth and to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Romans chapter 10, verse 11 to 13. So, then it says in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not on the screen. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you know what that implies? Is that salvation is received by whoever, whosoever acknowledges. So whosoever acknowledges Jesus as Lord, whosoever believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth is saved. There's no other requirement for men to fulfill. There's a lot of Christians in churches that we would consider cults. In my interaction with a lot of different believers in different places and different churches, I've come to realize that these places believe a whole bunch of junk about God and about Jesus and about all this. But you know what? The Bible doesn't say that you have to believe everything right in order to be saved. What do you need to believe? You need to believe the death, the burial, the resurrection. You need, to believe, you need to believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. Why? He raised Him from the dead to make us right with Him. So He made us right with Him so we don't, become, we don't make ourselves right with Him. We confess Him as Lord. We declare that He is who He says He is. But now, whether you believe... Um, let me think up something crazy. Whether, no, let me not. Let me think... You know, whether you believe that... In evolution, or whether you believe in creationism, doesn't determine your salvation. 
Some of you might think it is. Hold your stones. Think about it. Come and talk to me next week. I'll be here on Tuesday morning. You can come talk to me. I won't be here. <laughs> but if you think about it, like it's not about believing creation versus... I, I believe in creation, but I don't, it doesn't matter. What matters is, do you believe that Jesus died for you, rose from the dead for you, that he died for you, that he rose from you, for the, from the dead for you. You know, some people, you know, believe weird things like, um, well, some people don't believe in healing at all. They're, they can still be saved and not believe in healing. Like it says, like, uh, like we've heard it said, you know, just maybe they'll get there quicker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, people can believe in, in um, uh, 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 you know, sowing and reaping, and they still go to heaven. It's, it's not a major issue. The issue is, is that it's just fraudulent. <laughs> but anyway, when a man receives the gift of salvation, he's called a believer. Let's all say believer. As a believer, you once neglected the facts, neglected the facts about salvation. Okay? But now you've come onto these revelations of salvation and you've got to grow in them. Understand your new status in God's family. Understand who you are in Christ. We've got to grow in these things. You know, in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he teaches by the Spirit being inspiring him. He, he prays these prayers, uh, he writes them in the, in, the, in the letters like of Ephesians to the church. And by extension to every one of us as believers. And um, he places an emphasis on having the knowledge of who God is. And what we as believers have received through salvation. We are supposed to know who we are in Christ. And what Christ is doing now through us. And wanting to do through us. Okay. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1. The reference will be on the screen. But Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 19, it says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith, not your, your, your works, your faith in the Lord, and your love unto all the saints. What does faith produce? Love. Faith produces the love towards people. That's works. Okay? I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the hope of His calling, and what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who do believe, according to the working of His mighty power. You know, what, what he's basically saying here is that he, he's praying that we would have light thrown on our understanding. So there's like darkness maybe in our understanding. Paul's praying that light would shine in our understanding so that there would be no more dark corners. No more shadows. No more shadows. No more of the shadows of the old which were pointing to Jesus. But he's wanting us to have the full revelation an understanding of Christ. Okay? And if you, if you look at all of these, it, I love this in verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe? 
according to the working of his mighty power. You know, the same word power there is, is in um, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, which is dunamis. This is talking about the empowering and the power of the Holy Spirit that we as believers have. But what this is showing us is that he's, he, or he's praying that believers <clears throat> would get insight, would get knowledge, would get understanding regarding what we have in Christ. Okay? How does this happen? How does it happen that we receive knowledge? The Bible. Teaching. You know, uh, a lot of people are like, I'm just going to stay home and, uh, uh, and, and read the Bible for myself. That's fine, but you'll go off track, I'm sure. Because he gave some apostles and some prophets and some pastors and evangelists, pastors and teachers to be able to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so there is a healthy place for us to receive teaching and be discipled by other people. Okay, that's how God wants to work. The word knowledge in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 to 19 is implying precise, accurate understanding that comes as a result of salvation. Let's turn to Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. This is the, the other prayer. He says, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, not good performance, not good works, but by faith, and that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passes uh, knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. So in this verse here, we see that knowledge is very important to us as believers. The biggest problem in a believer's life is ignorance. Or lies. It's not the devil. If the devil's your biggest problem, it's because you believe rubbish about the devil. Okay? We, we need to know what God has done and what God has made us through Jesus. That, that is what this is saying. The believer has a responsibility to come to know the realities of our Christianity to start walking in them. Because you cannot walk in what you don't know. It's so important that we come to know what we've got, but we can't leave it there. Okay, Philemon, Philemon. Who wants to decide how we say that? Philemon. 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 1 verse 6. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Yeah, Paul is praying for Philemon. And he's also here referring to a precise and accurate understanding of every good thing that is in Christ Jesus. He's wanting Philemon to come to a precise and accurate understanding of what he's got. The word communication there is also defined as fellowship. It's also defined as communion, which is an intimate fellowship. Okay, he's, he's talking about communion, fellowship, sharing, participation. Thus, there is a sharing of believers' faith. We share our faith. That's why no man is an island. You cannot do relationship with God by yourself. You need family. 
And yes, we should be able to get miracles ourselves and breakthroughs and words from God. But sometimes you're sitting there, for some reason, you're just not getting it. Why? I don't know. <laughs> but you know what you can do? Is phone me, find someone else, message someone in the family and say, Hey, can you pray with me? I don't know what to do in this situation. The person on the other side should never tell you what to do. But they may have a word for you, which kind of pushes you in the right direction. They may have, they, they will, should always kind of point you more towards Jesus and getting the answer for yourself, more than them giving you the direction. Be careful if someone tries to direct you through a prophetic word. The word communication is talking about fellowship, intimacy with the Father and with each other. Okay, so if we look at this verse, yeah, the word every implies that Paul was discussing more than one thing. There's more than one good thing in you. For some of you, your mother was wrong. <laughs> There's more than one good thing in you. Okay? The believer, the man or woman in Christ has several good things in them, in Christ Jesus. The extent to which a believer understands every good thing in him, in Christ, is the equivalent and determines the effectiveness of your faith or your Christian life. So, church is not an entertainment. I know I'm entertaining sometimes, but that's not why you should be coming. You should be coming for equipping. Equipping is the purpose of church. Fellowship is the purpose of church. That's why we gather together. Okay, because we want to learn. So, if we look at this, the communication. That the communication of our faith, that the fellowship or, or communion of our faith may become effectual begin to work by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in your Christ Jesus. You cannot recognize what you don't know. You cannot acknowledge what you don't know. And you cannot recognize or acknowledge what is not there. I recognize that the front row in the middle here is full. I recognize that there's hundreds of people here this evening. I recognize... Am I right? And recognize I'm, I'm declaring it by faith. In the name of Jesus, this front row is full. In the name of Jesus, Marna is here this evening in the front row. Am I going crazy? Yes. Because it doesn't matter how much I declare, confess, I'm not going to possess that. She's at home. Okay? But I can declare and, 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 uh, and recognize that Lucas is here this evening. And I recognize that he is sitting in the front row. And I recognize that, that Jamie is here. I don't, I'm, by recognizing and confessing it, I'm not creating it. How many of you all of a sudden saw them pitch up? When I confessed and declared and decreed that Martina was sitting in the front row, did she appear? No. Why? Because that's not what recognize, acknowledge means. <laughs> It means confess, acknowledge, recognize, means to perceive what is, not what should be. Okay? Now, there's some things that you can't see. We can recognize that there's a radio signal from this microphone to the receiver at the back going to the speakers. We can recognize that there's TV signals in the room. We can recognize that there's angels in the room without seeing them, that there's demons in the room without seeing them. We don't have to see things to recognize them. You can't see cold, you can't see hot. We recognize them, we perceive them. Okay? But here's the point. 
You need to know what's in you. You need to know what you've got. And then you recognize it. You confess it. You acknowledge it. Not for God's sake, but for your sake. You recognize what you've got. I've got the Spirit of God living in me. It is. And I don't have to see that. But I know that that's because that's the result of salvation. Okay? Yeah, Paul, uh, Peter says a similar thing in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. It says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. The knowledge comes by understanding of the Word which implies to be taught. So if, you don't, if you're not taught, you don't get knowledge. Knowledge is a perfect and precise understanding of who Christ is. This explains why Peter says in, the, in his first letter to, that we should desire the Word. We should desire the Word. It's easy to not desire the Word. Because the desire for the Word needs to be cultivated. It, it, it's difficult sometimes, especially if you, you're distracted with many things, to desire the Word. You're like, oh, I just, I'm tired. Or whatever the case is. But we need to desire it. We need to crave it. Like First Peter 2, 2 says. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. That ye may grow thereby. We need to have a desire. A hunger for the word of God. If we're wanting to grow. As believers. The first thing we need to appreciate. And identify with. Is God's word. Worship can bless you. But it cannot grow you. Amen. Hallelujah. Shame. The Word is what grows you. Worship is not food. Worship is intimacy with God. Okay? But the Word is what's going to grow you. There's a deficiency of Word in the, in the world, in the church. You go to a lot of churches, you'll get a poem. You'll get a word of wisdom. You'll get an encouragement. I'm not talking about a spiritual word of wisdom. You'll pull out something from Proverbs that a Muslim could have said. It's true. A lot of what's shared in church could actually just be uh, a, a san you, know, you could take Jesus out of it or sanitize it, and it could be said in a mosque. I was uh, the one. Uh, some of you heard me say this. We were driving to church the one Sunday, and um, I put on um, one of the Muslim stations. <laughs> uh, 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 I was flipping through the stations, and I didn't realize it was a Muslim station. And then I was hearing this guy speak. I looked, and I knew it was a Muslim station. But I kept listening. And it sounded like a lot of churches. It was, you were with me in the car. It was almost identical to a sermon. Except that he said Allah at the end. And I was like, the difference is eternal life is not in this message. If eternal life is not coming from the pulpit of a church, that church could just be a club. It doesn't matter. You can't call it a Christian place. Okay? So as, as seen earlier, so, oh, let, let's look at this verse. Um, 1 Peter, this is the last verse I have. 1 Peter 1, verse 23. Look at this. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Salvation is received by the gospel which is preached, which is the word of God. The Word of God is preached, we receive that Word like a seed, and then salvation is the result. Okay? We need to have confidence in the Word. Out, in, in one of the groups that we were out on uh, doing street ministry in Zim, I, um, uh, uh, the first time I was with the group, 
I, I, I said to them, I said, have you guys uh, done street ministry before? They all said no. I said, okay, great. I'm not doing anything today. I was like, I'm just going to watch. You guys are going to do it. I'm going to coach you. That's, that's good discipleship. I don't do everything for you. So I said, go for it. There's someone. So they walked up to them. They made a connection. And then I was listening. And they, they, they jumped straight into it. Are you a Christian? No, I'm not a Christian. Would you like to receive Christ? Yes, we would like to receive Christ. Would you, uh, uh, let's pray. I was like, stop, 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 stop. No one can get saved like that. <laughs> no one can get saved like that. There was no word. There's no seed. There cannot be salvation. There cannot be a baby without seed. So I was like, we have to make sure we get word into them. So you've got your notes. Read this verse to them. And then they read that verse and they wanted to jump into the prayer. I was like, no, 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 forget about the prayer. Prayer cannot save anyone. <laughs> prayer doesn't make you saved. The Word brings salvation. A lot of people, before they pray a salvation prayer, are actually born again. Because they've believed in their heart. They've already received salvation. The prayer is good. I'm not saying don't pray. But what I'm saying is that we're born again by the seed, the incorruptible seed. 1 Peter 123, I want to read it to you from the Living Bible. I love how it says it. 1 Peter 1 23. The Living Bible. <clears throat> Listen to this. For you have a new life. It was not passed on to you from your parents. For the life they gave you will fade away. This new one will last forever, for it comes from Christ. God's ever-living message to men. So, you know, what salvation is, is, this is what this is showing us. Salvation comes through the Word, but then salvation also comes and it gives you a new life. It's something supernatural. It's not a continuation of the life your parents gave you. It's a new life. Eternal life comes to live in you now forever. So, the same way we have confidence in your alarm clock. To wake you up in the morning. Although it doesn't work always. Hey, Lucas. <laughs> There's reasons for that. The same way we have confidence in the keys to your house. You don't like, oh, I hope this is going to work today. <laughs> you know, we went to, we were, uh, I was ministering in London once. And, and we went to the, the, the hotel. And the key, like it was, it was really horrible. The key just didn't work. So then we went down to the reception. And there was a queue of people all the way around the building. No one's keys were working, the you know, electronic keys, and it was chaos. So we didn't have confidence in our key. But you got your car key, and unless there's a problem with your battery and your car key, you, you, you don't have a, 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 a problem with believing this is going to work. You're just like, push it. You didn't have, nobody checked out the chair before you sat, although it's nice and clean. <laughs> you know, we cleaned them. <laughs> In case you were wondering what that means. But the same way we have confidence in these things, we, we need to see the Word of God as the reality to our Christian living. A lot of Christians are living below their, their uh, inheritance because we don't know what we've got in our inheritance. Or we're just listening to people without checking it out. And as a result, we're giving, 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 hoping that that's going to make us rich, rich, rich. Because we don't know. We've seen the Word maybe from the wrong side. We haven't studied it out properly. We must have confidence in the Word. We need to know how to read the Word. The Word of God must become our reality. 
We need to have confidence in it. I remember, I'll tell you two stories in closing. Number one, growing up, uh, uh, we, were in, uh, we were in a nice church, a good church, uh, when I was in high school. And um, uh, one of the, the, the worship leaders, amazing voice, and you know, he's worshiping, and heaven opens up, and uh, you know, it's like the angels are singing with, and it's just powerful, it's beautiful, it's amazing. And we were hanging out, we became friends, and then the one day he says to me, you know what? God has just told me that my season of grace is now done and I need to get a Bible. And I was like, you don't have a Bible. <laughs> He's like, I do not have a Bible. And it was like this big procession. He was so excited. He went to the, 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 the Kumbuks and he bought a Bible. And I was like, you, you don't have a Bible. And you've been saved for how long? And I thought you were spiritual. Because I was judging him by what he looked like upstairs, up on front. You know, I'm not saying the Bible, like, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a book, but it contains life in it. Some people have many Bibles and they don't read them. <laughs> but the point is, is that we should be digging into the Word, and it should be like life for us. If you don't read your Bible tomorrow, you should never feel condemned. You should feel hungry. You should feel like, wow, I'm missing something. It shouldn't be like, a, oh, God's not going to bless me if I don't read my Bible. No, but you're not going to know more of God's heart if you don't read your Bible. We need to have a hunger for the Word of God and desire the Word of God because that's what gives us knowledge and understanding and causes us to grow and mature. You know, try not eat for a month. I can do your funeral. <laughs> I've got a cousin who plays the bagpipes. He can maybe play at your funeral too if he's available. <laughs> the point is, is that there's many Christians sitting in church who are dead because they don't have the word. They're not living the Christian life and the reality of the Christian life because they're just born again. Hallelujah. But there's so much more that God's got for us. And so we're wanting to dig in over the next couple of weeks and find out more about the reality of our Christian life. Amen. Amen. Father, I want to thank you that uh, in you we live, we move, we have our being. Thank you that, that we can know you, we can grow in our knowledge of you. Thank you that we have a Bible that we can study and come to know you more. Thank you, Father, that your desire is for us to know truth so that we can walk in freedom. And I pray, Father, that all of us, there would just be a hunger stirred up within us to know you more, to learn the word, to know what you're saying to us in the Bible so that we can live in the fullness of our inheritance, Father. For too long, we've been living way below what Jesus died to give us. And Father, I'm thanking you that right now, there were just the bars raised and we would rise up to live in an even greater degree of uh, fruitfulness because the Word is our foundation, Father. Thank you, Father. If you'd like to get hold of us or to obtain more free teachings, you can visit us online at www.gracelife.co.za.